Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we are discussing Season 2, Episode 20, Humbug. Josh, I don't know what it is about Humbug, but this 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 kind of episode really speaks to me on many, many, many levels. I love this shit. I don't know what it is. Anything involving the dark carnival, I am just so into. And anything like that. Dark carnival, the circuses in town, the quote freak show is around. I want to, I am in. I want it. I want it. It's, it reminds me of any offshoot world of darkness thing you could do. I love the idea of the carnival sort of rolling into town, even though this is kind of a permanent trailer fixture. But I love that story of the carnival rolling into town, dude. In they yeah. come. And then weird things happen and like three kids go missing. Yep. And, then they, and then they roll out. I love, I love the fucking caravan that rolls in. And roll not the one, not the one south of the border. Oof, that one, that one <laughs> no. keeps me up a we- one keeps me up at night with my white hands clutching my clean sheets. Your but, clean uh, you white, know, you clean, clean white, white hands, hands clutching your clean white sheets. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. But um, I'm talking more about like this style, the dark carnival. The you know it's it's a freak show, and there's always like one hot gypsy girl that's like you're like oh, but there's something going on there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I love this shit, and not just that. Uh, okay, out of the gate, I love this episode. I have no, I can't hide my my joy for humbug, and I really enjoyed it this time around. And I really like the way it's lit. I like the way it looks. It looks amazing. Like there's so many cool neon lighting moments, great shadows, a lot of use of reflection, um, especially when they go see this, uh, this guy who does the, the masks and shit, which we'll uh, undoubtedly get into. But, but, but I'm pumped, man. I am, I, I, I'm overjoyed. This was just really fun to watch for me. It was a joy to watch. I've watched it like twice within three days. I just finished up viewing number two myself, man. It's uh. Oh, it's a great one, and it surprises me watching it. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm almost shocked we didn't get to this in our picks back and forth. I know I considered it once or twice. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it would definitely be, um, it'd be coming close if we were going continuing to go back and forth. I um, agree. Yeah, I like what you're saying. That whole idea of the the dark circus. It, when you were talking, I was thinking about um, what is it? Is it something wicked this way comes? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of that whole thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Seen that, for which a is minute, but. yeah, that's and that's like kind of considered a, a kids' film. You yeah, know? which is I, weird. I, I know it's a, I know it's a Ray Bradbury novel, which is a lot darker, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's a fucking Disney film, which is hilarious. You know, that's that's the joke going on right now. You know, the Mandalorian trailer looks cool. It's got different kind of music. It has more of like a John Carpenter music sound. And then at the bottom, it's like, by Disney. <laughs> like, okay, but like, yeah. how dark will it be, right? So, but yeah, something wicked this way comes, man. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it's also, what's great about this, I mean, I'm going to go right off the bat. Darren Morgan, the dude. Yeah, for sure. Cannot talk about a golden touch. Do you want to hear the real tragedy of this episode, which BP pointed out to me what's that the last darren morgan 
episode we'll cover. Even though it was the first he's written, we have selected every other episode. Holy fuck. Yep. Well, so that's, he's, he wrote four in the original run and then one in 11, one in 10. Just listen to this. All right. So, uh, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Yep. War of the Copperfages. Yep. We haven't covered Clive Buckman's yet. Oh, yeah, we did. We did? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. God damn it. Jose Chung's from Outer Space. Oh, man. And so then good. The, and you can make a pretty easy argument. The two best or absolutely two of the best episodes of the new two seasons, which was um, The Wear Monster and The so Lost good. Art of Forehead Sweat. Yeah, absolutely. And Wear Monster is a really good X Files in general, just generally speaking. Yep. And, and boy, does that feel come through in this. Yeah, they all have a very clear similarity that, I mean, it's the humor. He is a self-described comedy writer. Um, right. That's all of those episodes have, I mean, it's not sla- slapstick comedy. It's still the X-Files. But this is, you know, especially if you look back, you know, in the order as we've been covering it, this is the... I would say the funniest or at least the most overtly comedic episode we've seen yet. That's it's a, fair. It's a little bit more comedic in, I mean, there's some great lines, but some of it in its absurdity. I think the success of this allowed uh, the show and Morgan to go a little further. I think I read some notes that they kind of did cut out some of the more explicitly um, comedic Beats. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's still a good amount left there, but it's it's the absurd and it's the the perspective, right? That you sure. know, Mulder and Scully are the the normal ones, and then you own the Freakville, and they stick out like a sore thumb, right? You know, and it's fun. They're like they're the freak show rolling into town, right? like you're talking right. about to these guys who live there. You know what's right. That's oh man. I, I want to riff on that so bad. I like, I like what you're laying down. I'm going to bust a solo right now because dude, <laughs> I fucking love that Mulder's outrageous bullshit is just like normal. <laughs> He's like, who drew this ridiculous thing? Oh, it must be this ridiculous thing. And they're all like, Oh yeah, maybe nobody's like, Oh, you're nuts. Nobody's like, oh, spooky Mulder. And that, you know, I, I forgot about the sheriff and him being the former, you know, dog boy thing. And I was like, God, he's the most understanding sheriff we've encountered in all of X-Files. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I was thinking like, this doesn't make any sense because I hadn't seen it in a while. And what's funny is as I'm watching it, dude, and I'm so glad you brought up the comedy. The comedy is where I want to go because when I watched this originally, probably a long time ago, I remember thinking to myself, boy, I wish this had more of a, of a, of a world of darkness sort of dark bend to it and i didn't appreciate the comedy at the time as much as i do now but boy do i love it now and i wouldn't even i don't even want it to be darker i'm not saying i wouldn't like that too of course it's impossible to say i I would i'm sure but this is just hilarious i mean i laughed out loud a couple i was on the couch dude and let me pull off and i'd go like this (laughs) ah shit that's pretty fucking funny I did that like, yeah, man, good for you. Like that, that's how I felt. And this, it's just, this episode ends, I can drag it back and let it play again and like clean the house. Oh, absolutely. You you know what I mean? There's just something, it's just delicious. It's so yummy. 
It's like it's like cotton candy at a carnival, Josh. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's got a lot going on too. You 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 know, we talk about the writing and Morgan I just, you know, blew all over that. And you mentioned the visuals. I mean, visually it's so interesting. There's those it a couple is. of sequences with everything being shown by reflections and perspective God. and uh, the POV shots and and what that relates to and the all the different you know, fake outs that this is the monster. This is the monster. This is the monster. Sure. Um, there's, and then the performances themselves. I mean, there's not a lot of bad ones. Every no. No. guest performance is, brings its own level of fun or interesting or has something really cool to it. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. I mean, Mulder and Skull are always great. And I want to give Duchovny a little extra credit because he delivers one-liner dry humor he does so well he does yeah. like i mean that's really in his warehouse so yeah man this or, is... or wheelhouse but i like warehouse too we can maybe make <laughs> that a thing i say whale house that going where to... warehouse well oh i thought you said where i was being a i thought you're like like he has it stored away for like yard work <laughs> <laughs> no i was going back to our nautical puns i like it old, that's a good one that's a good one dude and i, I you know who i love man I in in RIP to him, but Vinny Schiavelli, that yeah. dude, he he's the he's the conjoined L- guy, Lenny, there. right? The Lenny, adult. man, he's great. Yeah, and I always think of Lenny like uh, he was in he was he was a big time character actor back in the day. You know, he looked um, so familiar, but I actually didn't even look back at anything that he was in. He he had a, he had a cameo in some some next gen. He played um he played in played in the film ghost as a ghost mm. and um batman returns he plays an organ grinder which is awesome because of like the freak show idea oh nice it's perfect um he's been in a bunch of shit man he he has a very long career yeah, but yeah oh lanny it's l-a-n-n-y yeah. but what i really yeah. want to talk about is dude a year, the same year this episode came out, he was in a movie, and dude, this movie is fucking bananas. It's called Lord of Illusions. It's a Clive Barker picture, and it has Scott Bakula in it, right? And dude, <laughs> and he's in it, and he play, and he's hanging out with all these weirdo magician guys. And, this and I'm like, the, ah, what the fuck? The Two same, the same this roles. Episode? Yeah, dude, it's Shit. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. I was like, yeah, because that Lord of Illusions is a is it's a it's a bad '90s movie um, about you know the, the tag is you know during a routine case in L.A. New York private investigator Harry DeMore stumbles over members of a fanatic cult who are waiting for the resurrection of their leader, and it's all like magician shit, you know. And <laughs> nice. he's in it, and I always remember like, God, he's is he the guy you go to if you want sort of that vaguely ethnic looking circus man you know like he's the circus man <laughs> i mean I love he, it dude he looks like a second stringer for rocky horror picture show almost right sure I mean- <laughs> sure i can dig it yeah man it's just a bit of the mind flip i can see him doing little little kicks in the time yeah. warp yeah. on the desk but uh yeah this one man what a fucking what a great episode yeah great fun exciting plenty to talk about and and uh, why don't we start with this little the little fake out, the little double fake? I love this double fake out. This is really good. Yeah. This disgusting fucking alligator man. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, First Dad. of all, Florida, you don't say. You don't say. This don't place say. is about five miles from McDill Air Force Base, by the way. 
because it is a real town. And yeah. They, it really did have, I don't know if it still does, but traditionally a large like circus performer population. Right. I, don't, was, I didn't know much about it at the time because, you know, kind of pre-internet when I was out there. But but yeah, it's, it is, from where I lived, if I went across Tampa Bay, if I took like the Gandhi Boulevard Bridge, I could get to this place in not that long of time, dude. It was just across Tampa Bay. So I, I, I lived on the west. So if you look at Tampa Bay, the bay, I was on the west side of that. And this is on the east side of it, right on the water. And then McDell Air Force Base comes down kind of like a limp dick in between them, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah. I don't know if they shot it there. Probably not. But um, I was no. like, wow. It's, it's so crazy. The whole thing was shot up in, uh, in Canada. Ben- outside Vancouver, Vancouver, right? Yeah, in the, in yeah. the winter. Fuck. Yeah, they cleared snow like out of every scene and tried to dress it up to make it look like Florida. But That's like when, when that dude is uh conundrum who's actually called uh the enigma is in uh the river. That's yep. like 30 something degree water. Wow, that's cold. <laughs> Flopping around. Could you fly in a couple of palm trees there? Yeah. We want to get this looking authentic. Yeah, some pink flamingos, eh? Yeah, can you get a couple of, you know, can you get some meth going? <laughs> I don't know some, what some you guys want to do. Alligator men? Yeah, a couple of shootings. <laughs> Just get it real. Get it real authentic. But yeah, the double fake out, with then, which then leads the poor alligator man getting got by some kind of monster. Yeah, the, the, the monster gets killed by a monster. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I love how he's just so endearing with the kids. He's like, hey, kiddos. Oh, he's so sweet. He's just such a, a 100% normal guy who seems like a great dad who just happens to have alligator skin. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah. I don't know how to say this, Jerry, but you're, uh, you're going to look like a fucking alligator. <laughs> you got the- Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So... Get prepared for the verbal ribbing you're going to get at the hands of the children because yeah. they're fucking cruel. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you imagine actually being an alligator man? High school would be the worst. The worst. Unless you have the alligator teeth and prehensile tail. <laughs> He's true. fucking one of those, one of those twerps mouths off. <laughs> you just whip his glasses across the sea wing. Mm. Oh, that'd be so badass. <laughs> oh, push him into the dumpster. Alligator. alligator man hit me with his tail. <laughs> I don't even know if alligators strike with the tail, but now they do. I, I mean, if I made a D&D alligator, a dire alligator, <laughs> that would definitely have a tail strike. Maybe Honestly, not a regular one. If you're going to make a lizard person, <laughs> it's going to have a tail attack, right? Yeah. That's a no-brainer. But yeah, yeah. it's the uh, that whole the monster thing, how the camera pans to uh, to Jerry's truck here and says, like, alligator man is That's a man, cute. is the animal, is he a monster, as we hear this monstrous screaming and blood-curdling yeah. cries. yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. And of course, we go right to, uh, I, I love Scully saying, imagine going through your whole life looking like this. Holy <laughs> shit. Boy, that's so awesome. Uh, Scully, God bless her. Not everyone can be so blessed with your features, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're in DC and they got a case on their hands, don't they, Josh? They got something going on. So that's the whole, this uh, this crime particular Mulder Matches with a lot of others. 48 in 28 years, spanning in almost every state of the Union, from Oregon to Florida. Um, there's no pattern except for the the entry wound. Um, ages, sexes, um, no identifiable motive. 
it doesn't seem like a cult thing. There was no organs removed or eaten. Um, if it was a normal serial killer, he postulates there'd be some kind of increase in violence or rate. Interesting. Um, I, I really like that line. It really sent me off thinking just about sort of the mystery story in general and that it never even occurred to me that that was an eventuality when it comes to serial killings. This idea of constant escalation, which is hilarious because you always hear of it. Like I've definitely heard of the, the propensity to escalate from the serial killer's perspective. And right. I'm always like, wait a minute. I didn't even think about that. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Right. It's cool. And, and how, and you've never heard it used as a, maybe this isn't a normal serial killer because they kind of stay at a set rate. Right? Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Which, yeah, uh, why not show up at this dude's funeral? I guess. I guess. Dude, can <laughs> we talk about the cast? Procedure? Can we talk about the cast? First of all, I, I'm going to ask you, but it's, is handling the Bible with your toes a sin? <laughs> is it? It has to be. Um, I I think it, the Torah that would be a sin. Dirty, dirty okay. feet. But no, no, yeah, because I know the whole the, yeah. the foot washing once, thing. With once Jesus. you've been baptized, you're forever uh, clean. I think. Holy fuck! Can you imagine that, Josh? Let's pretend just for a minute you're a dad, okay? And you you go down. You, let's say it's an old Southern, old school. Baptism, and you walk down, I went down to the river to pray. <laughs> oh, I know right? where you're going. <laughs> you go down, and this guy's standing in the water, and you're like, here's my precious newborn son, the heir of my house, okay? And you're like, here, here you go, and he just like puts a knee up, and then he like twists his foot out there to hold your child with his foot. At first, and you're then, just what, upset because he, he had an earring. Yeah, you're like, this guy's an earring, and he's really narrow of shoulder, <laughs> He doesn't have any shoulders, actually. And not only that, but he is going to, like a large bird of prey, <laughs> grab your son by the head with his footsies and dunk your kid's head underwater and hopefully not lose track of him in that muddy southern water, mm-hmm. which yeah, is hopefully, possible. Hopefully got a lot of toe strength pulling back Holy up. shit. Dude, how do you go? It's Okay, if it's not a sin, listen to me. If it's not a sin, Josh to touch the Holy scripture with your toes. It's gotta be to handle the body of Christ. How do you get communion from this guy? <laughs> right. He just, could you just see him like stretching like a real skillful Von Dom stretching his foot out with you and just placing that wafer <laughs> gently upon your tongue. <laughs> just the most daintiest little like doot right on the end. There you go. The body of he, Christ. The body of Christ. And then the other foot comes over somehow with the wine. <laughs> Dude, he's spilling the blood of Jesus all over the floor. This guy's a nightmare. <laughs> How does he get it done? Holy oh. shit. Oh, that's awesome. That, I that's demand that be animated. I love but how yeah. at first <laughs> you're looking in on it and it's, you know, there's some people dressed like a couple tuxes, kind of weird suits. You see some dyed hair. But it's that, you're like he looks oh. like a tennis ball head, doesn't he? Like one of those tennis balls that like yeah. rolled through a paint. It seems relatively normal until the toes come out, and then you start getting the whole cast of characters as it pans yeah. around more. It's um, a slick reveal, right? Like you said, it's a nice, um, it's a nice building up of. Oh, and this guy's a guy attached to him, by the way. There's oh yeah, that part too yeah. with little tiny little tiny shoesies on. <laughs> Why? Gross. I hate the shoes. But I'd hate it if it was, it, honestly, I'd hate it if it was barefoot, though. It'd be worse. Oh, it'd be worse. Way worse, yeah. This is how they do it in Gibsonson, I guess. That's it. 
That's it. Yeah, bearded lady. Um, bearded do you ever, lady. Uh, do you ever have any running with any kind of physical, like sideshowy kind of kind of things? Mm, you mean sexual encounters with something sure. I thought was something that it wasn't? No, I have not. Oh, I mean, you know, when you're younger, you get the odd stray, like really long nipple hair, and you're like, ah, I guess I'll <laughs> ignore it. I, uh, you know, like, I like dated- dumb, like dumb, like dumb high school shit, like, uh, like, you know, there's a little bit of toilet paper where it shouldn't be, but you know what? You, you knock that shit out of the way like a champ and you get to work, <laughs> but nothing like, oh, that's, that's definitely a, a dick. I dated a girl who had two extra nipples. Oh, that's cool. Like, um, like they've been mall rats. They've been removed. Oh, damn it. I was hoping she could tell you your fortune. Yeah. No, they were like right underneath. She was like a cat person. Um, cool. I thought I saw these tiny little scars and I, th- I thought it was like a boob job because they were under the boob. Kind it was kind of like right under the boob. And I didn't really know like I, what a boob job scar would look like, mm-hmm. but yeah, come yeah. to find out one guess what state she was from Florida. Mm, two, ah! guesses. two guesses. Hold on. Um, the extra nipples. Is this a, Ding, Are you ding, going ding. West Virginia? Come on. Oh, yeah. Assuming her them. family tree looked like a Christmas wreath. Yeah, straight up, like a yeah. telephone pole. Just around and around. <laughs> no, no, no branching off. <laughs> Not a lot. Just <laughs> it's threads, like a fucking just, pine in the winter. <laughs> just threads across. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, how, nothing, nothing bananas like that. How about Jim Rose? God bless this guy. This guy. Something else, huh? He reminds me of people in Florida. <laughs> I mean, look at him, dude. I know he's not Floridian, but God. I had to look, is he still alive? Because this is his shtick. He's not pretending, is he? Nope. He's, if he seems like he's really good, it's pretty much because um, he's playing himself. He's a showman, right? He's, he's a showbiz man. He's a showbiz like man. To- um he started the Jim Rose Circus. Dude. Right? Which was people, right? Uh-huh. Played at Lollapalooza. Yeah, I heard he opened for Manson, right? He did. Other bands that probably wouldn't surprise you, Nine Inch Nails. Yep. Corn. Yep. Godsmack. Yep. Um, eh. And one of his uh, other guys, not the Lizard Man, he's not here, but the Enigma. Oh, who, hell yeah who is uh, the conundrum that we see here. Yes. Uh, who looks even kind of a little bit crazier now and like pictures I'm looking at him now. He's got like oh, horns no, and shit. Oh, he's one of those cats. Yeah, there's a lot going on. He's doing the whole horn thing, right? Yeah. It's crazy that they haven't... It's crazy that a guy... And listen, God bless a man for getting creative, but that's a tough... That's a tough go. That's a tough... I mean, that's a tough path to commit to. I mean, he looks like he should be wielding a red lightsaber <laughs> and trying to kill somebody with the last name of Skywalker. It's Honest just, um, it's a, it's a lot. It's a one way path. So ladies in the live chat, do you fuck them just to be like, I fucked that, that guy's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Imagine I'm just curious. The pressure though, like you have to, like every anybody any woman that's going to have sex with you is going to expect some like crazy good sex like some right. crazy reality altering sex and, what and if the pressure on her like she like this guy has horns 
<laughs> what the fuck are you going to do? I think you just got to kind of show up. I guess. And just be like, oh, God. Yeah. You'd be terrified, though. If he starts rolling his head around like one of those horror movies where their heads move too fast. Yeah. Just look at You'd his be head. like, just it, it, assume like, you're getting headbutt or something. Or a hard choke. Not yeah. like a fake choke. Like, it's, choke me in this, the fake choke, but like a... Like he's drooling and your fucking eyes are going dark kind of choke. Like it's scary. Yeah. Scary looking dude. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but he looks fucking scary. Right. I'm all You're about, a person. I'm all about body modification, tattoos, piercings. I dig a lot of that shit. I'm attracted to like a lot of that. But dude, when you have fake horns and you're bald and your entire body looks like a, a puzzle and you're kind of like a big dude anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He, he scary. is a big guy scary for sure yeah so yeah i mean god bless him oh it's a lot he of found, hard, you know what hard passes and nopes in the chat found his what am i trying to say found his um his place in the world yeah but now they're all shaming any of the girls who have the sack to say yes how dare they <laughs> uh maybe he's compensating bp that's a hard negative there's no way this guy doesn't tie two pound dumbbells to his dick <laughs> to stretch it out for his whole life if you're going to do that, I mean, the rest of it, when, why not? Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to brutalize yourself. But yeah, you're right. He's strapped. He's like, he'd be kind of, you'd, you wouldn't want to fucking mess with him. You'd be like, oh, this sucks. So no. distracting and he's big and he, he's not unaccustomed to being hurt. <laughs> he's I mean, familiar with which, pain. Which started probably when he was seven, right? <laughs> at, at the hands of a priest who probably had both hands and feet. That or the or the belt, yeah. You know, buckle end. It's funny looking at him in uh, ninety two. That's only like two years before this episode, and he looks like a totally normal kind of a punk dude. He's got like a really short. That's kind what of I slick saw. Back mohawk and a leather yeah. jacket, no tattoos, like a Sex Pistols looking cat. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, he went hard and quick. That's ninety two, and this episode is ninety four. God damn, yeah. son. Paul Orange is his name. He's a musician, by the way. Uh, he might, he plays piano, guitar, and flute. He sings and composes. So, listen, all the hard passes, he might fucking toodly D you with a little piano, tickle your fancy. Yeah. Next thing you know, you see past the beast, you see the beauty. There you go. Got a little, got a little uh, jazz flute going. Just saying. Or maybe he lays down a little fucking Moonlight Sonata and blows your mind. You never know. Hmm. I'm, I'm open saying. to it. So, yeah, man, that's kind of wild. It's interesting character to say the least. Yep. And then this guy, Jim Rose, man, he's just hilarious in this. Dr. Dude, Blockhead. He's great. He's funny. As he's shit. not acting. That's why, I mean, you can tell he's like, you know, there's part of you that goes, okay. Like, he doesn't, he kind of feel like, I, I hate to keep saying it, but he has the carnival barker feel. Yes, he definitely And does. then he also has the, maybe I'm in the mud pit at King Richard's Fair, like <laughs> yelling at the entire crowd to get them whooped up in a frenzy kind of feel. But if he's at King Richard's Fair, I'm like, man, they got some talent. Yes, exactly. You, But that's the mud show. You'd be like, oh, this is the best guy here. Yeah. He's the best. He does other acting. Like, he's, he's, he's either doing a favor or he, like, runs this fucking show and he's banging all the fucking, you know, all of the, all of the girls that run around and, like, want to have a freaky time at night after it closes in one of the shops. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Um, yeah. yeah, his whole little performance here, and uh, again, Mulder, 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 and Mulder and Scully just sitting there. 
Can't wait for the wake. Yeah, good one. Although the wake comes first, but yeah, it's still a good one. Right? Yeah, I guess that's backwards, right? A little backwards. But hey, who are we to judge like we just did of this poor man in the Enigma? <laughs> for 10 who, minutes. Who are we to judge? Who are we to the, judge? The, 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 the interesting denomination of Christianity that is um, the circus. So Sheriff Hamilton, we got our kind of uh, first long scene with him and um, also a lot Another. of, uh, we learn a lot about the town, the background here, right? That's this whole sequence here. Yeah. And he's awesome, dude. I like this Wayne Grace cat. Yeah. He's he, in a Friday the 13th movie, this guy. He plays a cop in it, which is hilarious. You know what's funny? I was going to say he's believable both as like a cop, like a small town, small county sheriff kind of type, but then He's also believable when he kind of steps in and defends these people there. A hundred percent. You know? And that's what was, that's what took by. You want to hear another, do you want to hear something bananas? Mm-hmm. And I'm learning this now. Guess what movie he's in? Boy, going to have to give me more help than that. I won't We've look. discussed it already today. Um, <laughs> Lord of fucking illusions. Oh my God. Really? Isn't that insane? Wow. There's got to be a crew connection. There's got to be somebody made a phone call. There's, there's got to be one of those crew connections. Yeah, here. I would assume so. Because right. you said Schiavelli is too, right? He is. That's the yeah. In wow. this, in this guy here, Wayne, Wayne um, Grace, maybe mm-hmm. Gracie's how you actually say it. He is a big time voice actor in many video games of an intellectual property you and I are quite fond of. Baldur's Gate, Little Forgotten Realms. Ooh, I've been back there for a hot minute. Pretty cool, man. But yeah, you. Uh, without dragging this on, yes, the gist of this is. The background here, you know, back in the 20s, some of the Barnum and Bailey's troops started coming down here during the winter off season. And, um, and he's like, no, these are very special people. Like you said, he comes to their defense. Yep. And Scully's like, well, it's that back and forth with Scully. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Go ahead. No, go for it. But it's how, you know, he says, he talks about, you know, they're normal people. And she says, she kind of resets and she says, well, most people consider that have known serial killers after the fact, you know, thought all along they were normal people. So sure. if that's the case, if these, you know, then we have to look at them as any normal pe- person could be looked at basically, which is right as a serial killer potentially for sure. Yeah. Yep. Until their arrests. Yeah. And then we get and, a, uh, a yeah. favorite picture. <laughs> I, I love the, I love the, the ultimate, like, this is the ultimate Gen X dad dream. Like, every Gen Xer wishes their dad would have sent. It's been my experience that many people have a hard time accepting these people's deformities, and they do themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's okay if you had a black pinky son. Yeah, you know, everybody, like, everybody wants the the baby boomer dad to say that. Yeah. Your hair's not wicked gay. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, you know, the Beatles aren't around anymore. <laughs> you know that kind of shit and why don't you go but, ahead um, and take the afternoon off from roofing and uh go get that second ear and you've been talking about <laughs> here's 20 bucks i'm proud of you yeah and uh sterling, hey, that, yeah that Ooh, keeps sterling. Going around playing video games you know hey if you if you want to sleep over you know hey whatever i just sterling, love you for here's you an are. extra five bucks <laughs> Yeah, I definitely also definitely get another ring, you know, so you can have more than Gandalf. <laughs> you fucking banana head. I don't know. But that's life. And uh, they talk about Hepcat. Hepcat Because Helm. of a goddamn Hepcat Helm. Because of a goddamn drawing in a menu or something. Yeah. 
yeah, just this this diner has all these different sort of monstrous, freakish drawings, and Mulder is immediately attracted to one, which neither he nor the sheriff can identify, but they do know the artist. So that brings us to Hepcat Helm Studios here. Where he's blasting some screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. What is this? uh, Psycho Billy? Is that what they call this um, type of music? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think so. You know who would know is uh, Warboy, Warboy Cummings. Yeah. But uh, it's old school. Screaming Jay Hawkins. So um, I love this shit, man. I love this place. I love this guy. I love what he's doing. Um, I love just this whole thing. I love the who are the rubes. Like immediately <laughs> the fucking contention for the outsider. Yep. Right? The other, right? The Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I but when he says not a fun house, it's a tabernacle <laughs> of terror. God damn. I thought for a second he was fourteen years old listening yeah. to the cure's disintegration. <laughs> it's gonna stop uh, his little feetsies. <laughs> he's fucking he's gonna slam his door. My fucking Merlin Manson poster fell off the wall again. Oh, it's so scary. It's not fun at all. <laughs> Turns on his black light. He's got that fucking Panther picture. That <laughs> Panther poster. You know the black light Panther po- his yeah. poster? He's just. Oh, fuck. Just keeping hot topic in business. Don't pull that comic book out, you goddamn <laughs> self indulgent son of a bitch. You put that comic book away. <laughs> it's a fun house. Well, yeah. he wants to ask him about the menu illustration, and that's when they start talking about a Fiji mermaid, Josh. This is, this is, and this is where we kind of get the whole, I guess, sort of the, the title and the sort of twist of the episode. Sure. Absolutely. And this, this is, this is like an homage to Barnum in the, in the tomfoolery, the ballyhoo, Josh. Ballyhoo. And I like this shit. This is a, you know, what's the, the great Barnum quote? Every minute, another sucker's born. Sucker born every minute. Yep. That's it. That's it. And, um, yeah, it's, uh. I read a little bit about this. This was a big deal back in the day, this this exhibit. Uh, Aaron Fallon in the chat saw the Fiji mermaid at the Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. I really want to go to that thing. <laughs> I really want to go to the port. I would, that would be a great, go up there, get a hotel in the mountains, have a couple beers, go to the Cryptozoology fucking museum. That sounds like fun, dude. Yeah, hey, if you're listening, go become a member of LSG Media so we can take a next finals podcast trip. <laughs> we'll do a remote podcast from Portland, Maine at the Cryptozoology Museum. Hey, look, it's the, it's the Cryptozoology Museum. But um, a mummified monkey fish, is that, is that true? That, I, yeah, I guess so. Mm, very cool. And um, they don't go much more onto that. They just... Well, They're just the, like, all right, well, we need to stay because... You never knew where the truth ends and the humbug begins. Oh, there it is, baby. Mulder, hey. Mulder's like, I'm sold. Um, yeah. Some of these crime scenes have had something distinctly simian in nature. <laughs> Scully is like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It, but this is... Honestly, I could watch this for two hours. Like, this story, like, them getting the the... the them getting the hotel or the trailer in this case and the park and the lighting and just the fun of this. And there's that, there's that shot of the neon sign where they have this really odd red spotlight lighting up one of the trees. And that's what I mean. They, they, the way this, this is lit is just awesome. And the low lighting is very clever. 
you know, the way they mask the creature. They, you know, that's a, I think we've talked about this before, but that was a thing in the film, The Thing, which was Rob Boutine was like him and Dean Cundy, the, the cinematographer were like, listen, we got to, we can't really light this thing too much. And it's tough to shoot in low light. So the lighting guys were like, but, but we're trying to, we're trying to light the scene so we can shoot it. And, and Boutine's like, but it's, makeup and I want it to be scary. So not too garish, you know, like that back, that tug of war. Yep. So it's really cool that I thought they just had a, a strikingly good balance in this episode. What a, what a great production for Fox television, man, for, for network TV, which sucks every cock in Florida. Every cock in Florida speaking. and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's a, and this is old school network TV, 24 episodes a season. Dude, that's You're, insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. And it's hard. You know, like, you can watch Star Trek The Next Generation, which is around the same time period, and be like, oh, cool, they have a set. Every, and they you and use it's the always same set lit every time. the same way. This is like, oh, fuck. Oh, cool, we have one two-minute scene in the office again. Everything and we else, gotta make it creepy, you know. Exactly, the Enterprise is brightly lit. It's not a fucking horror show. Maybe one episode now and again, but X Files, it's like you're shooting on location. You're not shooting in sets, and you're shooting, it's, and you know, you got to make it creepy. It's hard. So good work. God yeah. damn it. Great work. Yeah. We, and really, <clears throat> when uh, Scully takes that trip to the, the kind of whatever, their version of the Cryptozoology Museum, the Museum of Curiosities, I think it's called. <laughs> yeah, man. That's maybe some of the best of it. Absolutely. Uh, what do you I, think? I did want to skip over. Here. I did want to mention the conversation with the hotel manager. God bless him. Cause that really, this aspect of, of the episode is, is one of my favorite things is the, their perspective. Right? Yes. And, and it's funny. It's played for laughs. Oh, it's wicked funny. And this guy, man, this guy um, is in Carnival, that HBO series of a traveling fucking circus. Oh shit. He was in Twin HBO. Peaks too. Yeah, man. Um, you know, obviously a guy like this is going to get probably exploited for his size, for those particular roles at the time. He was in Mulholland Drive, I remember. But, um, but yeah, this is, uh, I remember him in Carnival. He plays Samson. Anyway, he's great. Yeah. Charming as hell, isn't he? Yep. And that Mulder, and it wasn't ill-intended. You're in a town filled. It's not like you saw a random little person, whatever you're supposed to call him now. I think that's what you're supposed to call him. Little person, right? You could just call him Nut. That's his name. Mr. Nut. No, but I'm saying you didn't see a random little person and be like, hey, you ever work at the circus? You're in it. If you say a random nut. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're in a town filled with circus performers and you have questions about that and other. So it's an innocent question from Mulder, but obviously uh, Nut does not take it well. And this uh, this monologue he goes off on Dude. about being judged by his size, and then when he turns it around and describes Mulder, <laughs> your all-American features, your dour demeanor, your unimaginative necktie, all concluded that you work for the government, an FBI Dude. agent. Yeah, that was a laugh-out-loud moment for me when he said unimaginative necktie design. <laughs> I was like, this guy's got fucking chutzpah. I, I like dour demeanor. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's just awesome. It's funny, you know, you kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the app, but man, there's this moment, like I'm, I'm watching, 
I have the episode on the background when they're, when they're walking around with Lanny. But there's this moment where I just thought to myself how you said, you know, they are, they are, they stick out amongst the weirdos. It's funny that the people who, especially because of Mulder's reputation, are considered weirdos in their world are also now ironically weirdos in this world, even though they are to us normal compared to these people. Yep. It's fucking awesome, man. He, he reduced Mulder to a caricature, not not viewing him as an individual, and then the real payoff when he is an FBI agent. So, Dude, it's awesome. Good. And we do get to meet Lenny a little bit here as well. Mulder. Yeah, I like I like the 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 again the showmanship. The sh- there's show business, man. They're they got that Barker way. I love it. <laughs> it got a big laugh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'd like you to meet my brother Leonard. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, but he uh, talks about Mister Nut. He says he's the kind-hearted manager here, right? Yep. Make a living publicly displaying my deformity, like dignity. So now I carry other people's luggage. Come on, <laughs> that's a fucking home run. Darren yeah. Morgan is a home run hitter every time. His uh, yeah, the dialogue always has a not a pattern to it. But it's got almost, a zip without being like sorkin in your face. You know right, what I mean? Right. It yeah. still feels real, especially like I said, some some of the stuff Mulder delivers best is dry, like 100%. witty comments, and it's in his warehouse. And Morgan, it's, it's all <laughs> dude. It is the blubber in his warehouse, man. <laughs> filling oh, it. Um, God it's bless all it. Up there. But yeah, Morgan lets him feast on that kind of shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we do get a. Uh, get a, a great example of that kind of perspective and weird lighting and angles and reflection when um, we get the next kill. Oh, yeah. Hepcat, man. Mm. Poor Hepcat. What a waste. Uh, but yeah, some really good shooting here. A nice way to heighten the suspense. A nice way to hide your creature. Right. We, we know when we're dealing with a miniature creature, we're going to have all kinds of problems. If if you shot this thing with bright light and got a good look at it, it would look so stupid, so dumb. Because <laughs> it's it's, a- it's categorically retarded as it is, <laughs> but it's fucking funny, man. And they make it work. Yep, it's like an eighties horror film. It's like a critters movie. It's great. <laughs> it slithers in through the thing, already bloody. Yep. The POV <laughs> shots are great for that. The reflections we're not seeing a lot, but and you do get a tiny bit more revealed every kill yes yeah a little bit more a little bit more um but that's it for mr hepcat done deal um and uh molder for jock has an interesting encounter with uh the conundrum well as blockhead says a geek in the classical sense boy uh probably Mm. not a real fish but a real cold river why why not (laughs) this fucking guy He's like, nah, give me the fish. I, I want to know. Can somebody look that up? Is it a real fish? It, dude. When I learned that this guy is this guy, I thought, oh, surely. I'm not saying he, he caught it, but I, I don't know. Look, it looks kind of fake. I don't know if he's now. really like an eater. No. I think, oh, that's true. I he's think he's more of like a, a visual artist. Body mod. He's a, he's a musician and like. So, so what you're telling performer. me, Josh, is a man with an like entire body tattoo contact lenses horns in his head and weird <laughs> fucked up eyes probably a biting a dead fish is a stretch <laughs> hey, he's not a freak right okay he's not how a, dare you reduce him to that 
Freak on a leash. Danny says uh, it's a real <laughs> fish in the chat. Boom. Uh, we got a marine biologist says really looks like a real fish. All right. Yeah, man. Got a confirmed uh, real fish. Does sighting. that change any of you ladies' opinions knowing he... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> Scully's trailer. Scully's trailer and mm. uh, some activity. I, I love the fake out again. Like the, It looks like somebody falling off her trailer. <laughs> it's just kids. Yeah. Everybody's out there performing, getting getting ready to do their thing. Yeah. Um, and this is great too. Dude, the the, this the is look amazing. between Lenny and, <laughs> and Scully and the the dual robe coverage. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But then it another great. murder. Yeah. God damn it! So they're at the Hepcat scene. Yeah. And, and this is where they make the observation about blood on the outside of the window. To which Scully's like, why would there be blood before the attack? Well, that's a really good question. Why, Josh? And the sheriff it's doesn't be- even know why they'd go in the window if the door was unlocked. You'd have to be a contortionist to get in through there or just plain crazy. Nice red herring. We've already seen a crazy kind of guy. Who kind of maybe could be a contortionist too, and mm-hmm. let's go right to see him again. What's his motive though? You know, it's it's a bit much, but yeah, this is this uh, they call it the Gulf Breeze Trailer Court <laughs> setup, and he's over this giant goddamn witch's cauldron. Yeah, they borrowed that one from the set of uh, uh, what's that stupid witch movie? Could be anything. Could be Conan the Barbarian when they have all the hands in it. <laughs> focus, focus. God damn it. Focus, focus. There you go. Uh, that's really uh, Jim Rose, the real life Dr. Blockhead, getting out of that, that uh, straitjacket. Badass. Mm-hmm. I don't How I don't know. I'm, I'm ignorant to all this, and maybe I just like it better that way, and I don't really want to know. Because I just like the mystery and the intrigue surrounding the idea of a traveling carnival. But what's with the escaping from a straitjacket? What, what is that about? Is it various dislocations in, in flexibility that is just sort of beyond what we can comprehend as, I, quote, normal? And that's how you kind of maneuver out of it? Completely pulling out of my ass, but I think it's both of those things. I think yeah. you can voluntarily, you know, non-injuriously dislocate joints, you know, shoulder, sure. elbow, whatever. Um, and the flexibility, probably some pain tolerance involved and then just practice. Yeah. I remember the, the, I always remember lethal weapon, the rigs dislocated shoulder, mm. you know, and, and lethal weapon. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, whack. He fucking whacks it into the door to put it back in place. Yeah. Gross. But, um, yeah, weird. I remember, you know how you can disengage your shoulders a little, what do you mean by like, that? Like if you have weight on it and you kind of let it start to hang, you can feel your shoulder disengaging a little. Not coming out of socket, but like pu- I remember doing- Pulling away. Yeah, 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 kind of pulling away. I remember doing it as a little kid and I felt it kind of come out a little. And obviously it doesn't do that now that I'm a grown-up, but I always remember thinking, oh, so that's kind of like, you know, because I dislocated shoulder was always a thing you'd hear about as a kid. Yeah. From it, kids. Kids were like hanging out of a tree or- arm caught when you're falling or falling on your shoulder. Yeah. It's a you super I mean? easy. It's, it's like, it's the easiest joint to dislocate. I think. Sure. Cause it's, it's open. It's like the most open ball and joint. Yeah. Sure. And once you've done it once, unless you really like heal and piece it well, it's more like that happening. And like I, I dislocated my stepdad's shoulder once as a kid, 
Like we were just like playing. <laughs> were you, were you, were you, were you trying to, was he fucking coming after you? Were you like, ah, oh, bad daddy. <laughs> I don't want to play tag anymore. Yeah. I, want I don't want to play house. Gone. I don't want to play house daddy. No, you're not a doctor. You're a daddy. Fucking <laughs> that's dark. Boy, Jesus Christ. No. I love, I love you, Bill. Playing on the lawn. Like nice, innocent people. <laughs> okay. Like, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. <clears throat> and he uh, fell and dislocated his shoulder? Yeah, I dislocated his shoulder just like <clears throat> jumping on you? his like back kind of. And oh, he, fuck. And he just dropped to the lawn like a bag of bricks. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that's funny, right? When kids do fucked up shit to fuck up adults. Yeah. I remember with this guy, your mutual friend, he was uh, not, a, not, not a mutual friend, mutual friend from way back in the day when I was in Florida. And this kid like jumped, this little kid was like five, and he jumped on his dad's stomach while he was asleep on a couch. In the, rea- in, in the pain combined with their survival instinct, which <laughs> overrode the I must protect my child at all costs instinct, was amazing to watch because he launched the kid into the air. And he almost hit his head into the ceiling fan. He came crashing down on the floor. I was like, holy fuck. Like he pushed him off with the wake up adrenaline and the kid just went soaring through the air. I remember thinking, I think he's going to die. I was like 13 at the time. And then he landed and smashed his head into the ground and like cried and laughed and got over. But that, you know, that it just made, when you said, I just imagined like, God, Bill must've been, must've had like the instant get away from me at all costs feeling, you know? He reacted uh, very, very calmly, all things considered. Yeah, he's a pretty measured cat. Yeah, awesome. Well, why don't we, um, why don't we talk about Blockhead? Yeah, Mister Mister Block, Doctor Blockhead. Excuse me. Doc, excuse, yeah, let's show the proper fucking respect. Yeah, he puts on uh, quite a show here. What's his whole deal? Well, he is. Uh, first of all, he has a couple things to say. He talks about how we can get out of straitjacket in three minutes, Josh. Did you know that? And he says he does not perform tricks. By the way, he seems pretty insulted by that. But what he does perform, Josh, is astounding acts of body manipulation and pain endurance. Hmm. So let's tap a uh, let's tap a sixteen penny nail <laughs> into your nasal cavity instead of into a two by four to frame a house like where it belongs. Ding, 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 ding. The Shut. noise of the clinking. Yeah, as the as the camera circles around. Yeah. It's really nice. Oof. And he's like, have you ever done anyone else? And he's like, are you sick? <laughs> it's just, he's such a, he's such a character because he is he, a he character. Is. Yeah, there's no acting here. But just the way he, I mean, oh, it's just such a natural act because that's, he's been putting on this act for years or decades right. or however long. I, um, I always think like lines like this, like starting in my homeland of Yemen, I studied with yogis. <laughs> Right? That's the kind of thing you look up on Google, Google, and you're like, nah, you didn't. (laughs) Which they do kind of look up. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Mulder pulls a little fast one, pulling out the, offering to pull out the nail. Yeah. Right? And he Uh, does. We also learn a little bit more about the conundrum, who is the actual enigma, who's a geek Mm -hmm. in the, in the parlance. Um, In the parlance. Eats anything, including cranberries. If you listen closely to his, um, the list he rattles off. So funny. <laughs> Rocks, light bulbs, screws, battery cables, cranberries. Human flesh, of course. Scully trying to bag them. Uh, including this bag full of crickets. Dumps them all over his face. Yep. Uh, yeah. This is probably something you saw. Scully really did. I'm sorry. Gillian Anderson ate that cricket. 
Yeah, I did hear about that. I didn't. I didn't read that for this episode, but you or or BP mentioned it. Is this? She's done it maybe twice in the series, and and I remember you mentioning this was one of the episodes. Well, it's pretty fun. You can actually. <clears throat> there's a YouTube clip. You know, I'll drop it right in the chat. At least the link oh, if her doing people it. want to watch it, <clears throat> which cool. is. It's like a minute long, but it's it's from um it's from the the shooting of the scene, but you can get an angle. Uh, it's in a, a different camera, so you see Duchovny actually reacting to like, oh fuck, she actually ate that thing. <laughs> it like not acting, like oh god, that's amazing. Because she was not supposed to. They were going to yell cut right as she like puts it towards her mouth, and she's so. like, yeah, fuck it, let's give the crew something to laugh about. Yep, she's hardcore. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's funny because I'm watching it and I go, whoa, that's not, she didn't palm that bug. Yeah, that, if your uncle's a pretty good amateur musician, magician. <laughs> so. Yeah, that too. And we got uncles that do both, basically. <laughs> Want to play I the Weasel? <laughs> no, I'd rather just stick to the guitar tabs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the museum, dude. You've been talking about it and I want to hear about it. I love it. I just love, uh, this is my favorite shot scene in the... Uh, yeah. And uh, BP Dutch mentioned... angles, baby. The angles and the fact, all the clever ways we see or rather don't fully see the caretaker um, until the final moment when he lets her, lets Scully into the back room there. Um, you know, looking through like multiple panes of glass or across a mirror or on like the curved face of some piece of tin... Um, it's, you know, the covering for some curiosity they have in there. It's just very cool. And it's awesome. BP curator's awesome. All you never see a full shot of him. That's just awesome. Yep. All Uh, in reflection. Apparently it's an homage to an Orson Welles movie, but I don't know shit about that. Cool. Um, I don't either. Which Morgan puts one in every one of his scripts. Also awesome about that. There's some trivia for you. If you're more well-watched than I am. Um, but yeah, it's just great here. And everything, this is very much character too. And it's, everything he says and how he says it could be just interesting or it could be sinister. Yes, absolutely. You know? Absolutely, yep. You're not sure if, if the subtext here is threatening or not, and that's just clever. Yep. I, I love the talk of gaffes, you know, bullshit artists. And I like that he lends credence to dr blockhead and he just says well the enigma is just more of a you know sort of unseemly (laughs) monster i mean blockhead's a fucking performer the other guy is just a he's a crazy animal man i don't know what to tell you not even a gaff right um we do get one good look at ball face here towards the end yeah that was shocking he looked like a a nice august swing on him he's got you know, yeah. like a nice, nice 93 degree August swing on him. Looks like he really Icarus that face up. Mm. Oof. But he has a special exhibit from P.T. Barnum. Mm. And uh, five, uh, all he asked for is secrecy and $5. <laughs> uh, we, boy, the power of the dollar was pretty solid back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I love to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Like, go back there. It's long yeah, dark the room. Whole, yeah, it's great, dude. Open it; it's completely empty, <laughs> and the door opens. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! Works better pre-internet for sure. Yeah, for sure. And of course, he would have a he would have a clever 
He would have a clever explanation for it, I'm sure. Yep. Sucker born every minute. Exactly. Yep. And this uh, leads to Mulder outside of Scully's trailer hearing grunting beneath her trailer. With a small shape, which is kind of looking vaguely familiar. Yep. I like the little I like the little fake out here. Another fake out. Yep. Uh, it's smart merely, for him to start going for the pistol. He unclips it, right? He's like, wait a minute. Yep. Merely fixing the plumbing. A- another good exchange here. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many women find my stature alluring. My God, I love him. <laughs> he's good. He's great. Yep. He's got he's got personality, man. Personality goes a long fucking way. He does. Uh, it's but, a question um, for the women in the chat. Um, your, if, yeah. your choice right. of nut or... Uh, or Enigma. Not all day. Yeah. Nut, because you know why? Nuts considerate. Yeah. He cares yeah. about you, right? We're not just going for looks. We're going for the character they're playing. Sure. Yeah, we're talking character. I don't want... Yeah, I mean... I'd pick the, Nut if I was The conundrum ate many, many things that I don't feel <laughs> comfortable with, including a, right. a very small human being. Yeah, you, you're, telling me, you're telling me you don't think uh, fucking... Tyrion Lannister is not crushing it. No, he's crushing he it, dude. He is. Crushing it. Maybe he is. Peter Dinklage. I should probably share some respect. Yeah. Um, so Scully says, on an, uh, something about uh, orphans of the wild forest in Albany, nineteen forty-three. Although physically adept at catching his own food, he cannot speak a word save for a few savage grunts. Part of his country was exhibited behind a locked cage, necessitated by his feral ferocity, where he would. Terrify onlookers by devouring chunks of raw meat. However, for reasons I could not ascertain, he ran away from the circus and spent a vague number of years mysteriously roaming about, supporting himself through a number of nondescript jobs. Eventually, he would end up in Gibsonton, where he took a career in law enforcement and has been spent the last four years serving a sheriff. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Hell yes, man. Pretty incredible. I mean, I love it. When you talk about immigrant success stories, it's like Schwarzenegger number one, dogface boy number two. Dude. Really? I mean, you went from a feral human doesn't speak to four-term sheriff. <laughs> pretty goddamn good. <clears throat> so, this is one of those where you, you, you know, you, you kind of read about it, right? Yeah. You give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, and your werewolf boys. Your tiny werewolf boys. <laughs> Yearning to be free. <clears throat> Covered in hair, we don't care. Yeah. We will not refuse them. Something about teaming the shores. Um, yeah, man. Now we're on to yet another. Like, okay, maybe this is the guy. God, this is so fun. Yeah. I love this episode. Dude, I never want it to end. It's so great. It's just fun. I want one of these scenes with every side character we don't get to interact with. <laughs> yes. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Give me the extended cut. I don't even care. Yeah. You can five armies it all day. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but anyway, whole, sheriff, talk to me. The, the, them going, going in, <laughs> digging up that hole. Mulder producing the white handkerchief that they just saw. Whatever they just saw, the sheriff bury, and then the sheriff right there with the flashlight. Of course, you almost expect yes. it at that point. I think. Of course, I, I also love the. It's kind of hilarious because they're like. We're being highly discriminatory. It's we have no reason to suspect it. And whenever they're like, "Oh, it's kind of like assuming solely based on skin color, isn't it?" Yeah, and then boom, they go right in. They just I go love anyway. that. 
I love that the implication is that they wouldn't be above that. And that's just a funny joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the timing of them suggesting that they're, that this is akin to racism and then continuing on is hilarious to me. Yeah. Another so moment funny, of man. Mulder crushing a, just a uh, very simple line. The way he interrupts uh, Scully. We, we found out you're a dog face boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. I laughed out loud both times I watched the episode. I, me too. I laughed out loud at that. And then I laughed out loud at Mulder saying that doesn't quite explain the potato. And Hamlin says, <laughs> he says it again. <laughs> he says the gear of wars uh, full moon. And then when he, dude, when, when Hamilton goes, investigation isn't going too well, is it? Dude, I was like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Then he tosses the potato in the hole. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really this is this is just a really great scene. Boy, look how skinny it was back then. You know, just <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, good. It's such a normal like, thing to him. Yeah. It's so I love and too, and it's great. The way they the way they're gonna shoot this, the way they're gonna frame these guys, and then the the implication with the lighting and the spooky music, and then the dialogue just undoes all of the cinematographer's work of making you go, isn't this creepy? Yeah. And it's just brilliant. God, it's good. Yep. And then we get arguably the most horrific death yet. Yeah. And another good double fake out, right? They just don't stop. They just don't stop. The conundrum, right? You think the dog is going to get got, right? And then he's there to give him the rent check. Maybe he's going for the dog a little bit, but. I mean, all he's saying is there are certain rules. There are certain, uh, certain safe spaces, and should your dog stray out of that safe space, well, Enigma's going to eat him up. Mm-hmm. That, but that gross little hand coming through the, the dog door, and then yes. that, that face poking out. Oof. Right. That's like flukewarm gross. And by the way, hey, Lanny, never, ever, ever kick in a woman's trailer ever again <laughs> it, don't, ever don't do that ever okay? ever for their sake ever if they're an armed federal agent for your sake for sure you're right. lucky scully has a very cool head on her shoulders right because your lumbering fucking blood-covered hand body coming at her put yourself in scully's shoes josh listener Put yourself in Scully's shoes for just a minute. You're in this fucking town. You ain't getting a REM sleep. Forget it. You ain't getting a lick. You are on edge. I mean, a squeak and you are up. So at least we know, you know, imagine like, oh God, someone could crawl through my window. Have we even seen the entire cast of weirdo characters? Right? Mm -hmm. That pistol is close. And she gets it out with a quickness. She does. And uh, somehow has the uh, the wherewithal to not mm, take the indeed. shot. I, I found him. Found He's dead. Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, Mr. Nuts trailer. Them walking into having, this is like catching somebody jerking off. They're just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got all this shit stuck in your chest, you maniac. Oh, oh when they go to Blockhead's. <laughs> they go to Blockhead's trailer. Right. Oh, I shut the laptop, blockhead. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just impaling myself. It's fine. He's just, he's hilarious here. 
He's so I, lo- good. I love how whenever the cops touch him, which happens twice, he just immediately calls them fascists. <laughs> you, you fit in really well in 2019, man. No shit, man. <laughs> no shit. Um, but he makes a run for it. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. What's he thinking here? I, I think he's an escape artist. I think it's just his, his <laughs> almost natural reaction. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, you handcuffed me. I'm going to show you that I can get out of it. Dude, if you lob it over the plate, <laughs> I'm taking you deep. And listen, you don't restrain an escape artist. Yeah, with a regular That's a personal handcuffs? challenge to his goddamn <laughs> reputation. Okay, listen, Blockhead's got to eat. <laughs> Word gets out, a couple of cops handcuffed him. This guy might starve to death. Yeah, oh, FBI agents. He, he sure. gets out, he escaped from FBI agents, you know? <laughs> Fucking free Bennigan's for a year. There you go. Um, doesn't <laughs> get far so... from the sheriff, though. No, no. And um, I think, let, I'm, I'm a little confused. Lenny ends up in, in the can, too, right? Yeah, they, they, the sheriff puts him in the drunk tank. He's all upset about not. Right. Um, more hilarity. Everything Dr. Blockhead says is amusing to me. Dude, I know. Everything. <laughs> the the lawyer exchange? I need to talk <laughs> to my- Miscarriage of justice. I need to talk to my lawyer first. Who's your Dude. lawyer? I represent myself. <laughs> Get, the f- <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and Dude, we- he's the kind of guy that can pull this off. Yeah. Do you know what actor could nail this role? There's only one guy, and it's in his prime. He could crush this role. He could be this guy. Jim Carrey? Fucking- Kevin Klein. Oh, yes. Kevin fucking Klein could crush this role. Yep, you're right. Right? That fucking Otto from Fish Called Wanda yep, shit. Yep, yep. That quirky insanity. God. Yeah. Got it. The yeah. other the other line, too, I didn't just... The other one that made me, like, bust out every time was when Dr. Blackhead talks about um, <laughs> how to retract his balls into his stomach. <laughs> Mulders is, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Ah, Decovany, uh, man. He's crushing it. Good. He's it's so rare good. for Decovany to be, uh, you know, to be sort of pulling Scully along. Yeah, right? we don't usually call him out for, for acting, no. at least. We don't, we don't usually call him out to be like, yeah, man, he's really, wow, he's really. When, you, when you're talking about the two in tandem and the acting between mm-hmm. them, yep. but this is, this is his wheelhouse or whalehouse as it were you know <laughs> yep. this is his this is where he keeps the blubber man for the winter this is the funny shit That's this funny. is the hank moody shit yep yeah um and man lenny this sad little character here the fifth amendment of our beloved country says oh <laughs> lenny what's the matter bobs another fake out you think lenny's about to get got yeah, and Lenny, he just has the look of a poor schlep, yes. doesn't he? He's pitiable. He, big time. An imminently pitiable face. Yeah, and you know, we talk about the sniveling agency a lot on LSG Media. Mm. I don't even know if he's sniveling enough to be in the sniveling agency, because in the sniveling agency, you don't like the snivelers. No. Like, this guy is kind of like, you'd be like, man, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean, right? Whereas the snivelers, you're just, you, you, you just don't even want to look. for yourself. Right. You don't even want to look at him. Yeah. Lenny just has a, there's a gentle kindness to him despite his sort of lurch-like appearance, you know? Yeah. It's, something, it's weird. I can't it's place something it. in the eyes, I think. 
a and, sad and, droopy and the, dog eyes. Right? Yeah, he looks like a big giant tall basset hound. Yeah, he's the droopy dog from the cartoon. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, and here's the big reveal. Right? It's, it's not that anything yes. that got out or in, it's what got out. Oh, disengaging twins. What? That that shot at that little, little slitherer. Little tummy snatch. No, when they lift <sighs> up his shirt. Oh. You see that big old big old belly vag? Ugh. Oh, it's bad news. Bears, it looks dude. gross. Because well, I look at it the and elephant I immediately, pussy on your torso. Well, what I immediately pictured was like, is does his head go into that? Or his arms? I think it's gotta be his head. Yeah, it explains maybe he's just sucking away Lanny's nutrients and just making him like That's why he's a little can't get reddish or you can't. Yeah, it's why he's a little, he's a little sleepy. <laughs> then, yeah. I get the. I think he's getting he'll, the the, the lion's share of the oxygen down. Through I think there. you're right. I think I think we got a iron deficiency <laughs> in, a, in a protein imbalance. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Of course, I, it's the head because he's going head first and everybody else. That's a move. Yeah, because that's where we learn about this. That he. That's the, that's a sad reality. His little Lanny's brother just lost. <laughs> yeah, but I love <laughs> yeah. when Lanny's like. I don't think he really wants to hurt anyone. He just, you know, wants to find another friend. I'm like, I, you, you, replay a couple of those scenes. I think, I think he's trying to hurt him. <laughs> when he terrorizes the shit out of him? Is that how you make friends? <laughs> and he screams and chews their way into their body? I don't know about you, Josh, but the first thing I do when I try to make friends is I attempt to scare the bejesus out of them. <laughs> <laughs> In an unironic way. Yeah. I approach them by stealth in a vulnerable position, <laughs> and I enter them without warning. And I cover my face in pig's blood. It's great. Yeah. It's a gag. No big deal. Hey. And then we laugh about it after. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shtick. We go to the bar. Right? Yeah. Good Good stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, Dude, you we were so that gross scared. Critter. We have a... <laughs> if you told me Mulder and Scully are going to have an action scene chase showdown with a small, mm. crawling, disembodied twin, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be... And it's not going to suck. You're right. It's not going to suck. <laughs> that seems like a hard sell. 100%. But they make it work. Uh, sure. You're 39 minutes into the movie, in the, into the episode, and this is crucial. Yeah. Because you can really blow it here. You can really, you know, do that little half lean after you get off the fucking uneven bars. <laughs> and just, you know, 8.9, dude. Yep. But no. <laughs> If they tried to make it too action-y or, or even too scary, if they tried to show, it's just the right amount. Right. We're not supposed to be afraid of this tiny little stupid thing. Truthfully. With, with, with people with firearms. It's a tabernacle yeah. terror. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, mom. <clears throat> yeah, well. Yeah, but it's not scary. But it's, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's a nice comeback to... to to be in that. It is a little creepy when you get glimpses of that thing at times. It is creepy. Um, but ultimately, uh, it gets out of there and it gets back into the trailer park, goes after Conundrum. Of course. And uh, when Mulder and Scully come up, nothing to goes be seen. Goes after Conundrum. Oh, wrong. Bad call. Oof. Bad call. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're definitely fighting outside of your weight class there, little <laughs> mm-hmm. twin boy. Siamese boy. What would you call it? It's like uh, Quado from Total Recall. If he could dis dis dis, mobile what is qua- it? Mobile Quado disengage. Mobile Quado disengage disjoin. Yeah. He's like a yeah. humanoid version of um, uh, Soundwave and his 
and and his long auto eject. <laughs> yeah. Commence cannibalism. <laughs> Decepticons with another victory. Um so yeah, it does get its fucking little teeth on conundrum, doesn't it? It does. But then he gets the big old teeth on her on him. <laughs> Conundrum's like, yeah. That's a big geeky up. That's a big belly rub he's got going on. <laughs> big old belly rub. Yeah. Uh, man, the whole conclusion of this episode is perfect. Dude. Puts the bow right on it. One last little Mulder line. When he walks by Scully, who's getting mocked by the sheriff. He goes, yeah. I know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's done so well as he just breezes past her. Meanwhile, you know, you had Blockhead and you know, probably try to crawl back up into his brother. <laughs> no, no, his brother died. Sad. Wicked sad. You know, nobody's mourning for Lanny. No, no, it's advanced cirrhosis. I need, you know, we need all fucking Jesus toes to do his eulogy. Also, take that- a quick look. Um, some of the worst knot tying on screen Ooh. history being performed <laughs> by Dr. Blockhead. That, that explains his ability to escape I, them. I guess so, because he's just tying bow knots and loops all the time. <laughs> and the, the, the giant cauldron on top of that little rickshaw Tube. car. A random tuba. That was random shit. Watch me escape from a tuba. (laughs) It's just the right amount of of silliness, absurdity, too, that that Scully even gets into this conversation with Blockhead, right? Yeah, about uh, offshoots of the esophagus and trachea, right? Yeah, she kind of just starts getting into it with him and asking about, you know, where they're going, whatever, and setting Blockhead up for having this whole perspective, right? About, Mm. you know, 21st century... Genetic mo- modification is going to give it all that. Sure. And then uh, the perfect bows on this is when he <laughs> looks up that classic shot of Mulder standing Dude. outside with his hand on his hips. In fucking pleated pants. And Blockhead says, imagine going through your whole life looking like that. <laughs> so, to bookend it with Scully. Oof. Uh, it's great. And so good. Get the old Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob one line at the end. Probably something I ate. Home, Home run, dude. Home run. This fucking episode kicks ass. It's so good, man. I think it's definitely in my top 10. It is definitely a top 10 episode. No question. I would watch it tonight again. Uh-huh. I really, it's just fun. It's so easy to watch. Ease of watching is a thing. Yep. It's a thing, dude. And there's, you know, and that's why I can watch Star Trek till the fucking cows come home. Yep. I know the writing isn't fucking out of this world all the time, but I just, it's just easy to watch. It's so good. It's fun. Yeah, man. It is a blast. Listener comments. Yeah. You got one pulled up. We got a, we got a, got a good handful here. There's quite a few. Um, I'll start with a classic. I call this a, a, a CVM classic. A Carmelita. Let me try that again. Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Hamaga is an, is an undeniable classic. This one really takes me back. Right around the time this episode came out, I was taking an interest in body modification. Got my first tattoo within the year. My favorite thing is the flip dynamics between Mulder and Scully. Spooky Mulder is straight-laced and average in the eyes of this sideshow community. 
he gets downright judgy at times. Scully, on the other hand, comes across way more open-minded and understanding. And you know, Josh, we did not talk about that enough. We didn't. That's a great point by, by CVM. Yep. I like that. I like that. Good make, stuff. I would expect such insight from those quarters. For sure. Um, I'm going to give one to um, Monica Mitsakas Rock. Uh, I love how this episode is able to explore counterculture through the classic American freak show. It is a staple of the 20th century and brought taboo subjects into a mainstream media for the American, American public. As exploitative, exploitative as the freak show can be, it also ushered in a more accepting view and understanding of the full spectrum of human abilities and appearances. We still have a long way to go, but I appreciate the way in which the X-Files never shied away from the complexities of human society and culture. The episode questions the very definition of what it means to be a freak and the prejudices we have for those who are othered by society. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Cause that kind of, we, you know, we talked a little bit about that, you know, about who yes. is, who's the other, who's the freak in this episode. You know, if anybody it's, it's Mulder and Scully. For sure. Yeah. They are outsiders. No question. Um, <laughs> Andrea Johnson just had two quick comments. She says one of my fucking favorites, but then she said, I recall having to find a dictionary to look up the word Simeon back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. But I'll read a real one. So, um, let's do, this is a good one. R- Wesley Ruff. Darren Morgan's first script still blows him away. As of today, almost 25 years later, it holds an 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. I was fortunate enough to record this on VHS when it aired and rewatch it religiously. I still laugh while watching this episode, especially Jim Rhodes rant about the lack of abnormality in nature and the future looking just like Mulder, who is standing stoic immediately afterward. We are hit with a twist and Mulder and Scully looking at each other in disbelief unbelievable fantastic episode and easily he says in my top 10 nice badass uh, wesley thank you and so we uh you brought this up and we talked about it uh ruth ruthless bales pointing out, i really like the cool way this one is filmed and directed using mirrors and multiple scenes and weird camera angles lighting which gives the hope so that quasi funhouse hall of mirrors feel which works brilliantly to add to the creep factor still manages the Feels slightly tongue-in-cheek and definitely doesn't take itself too seriously, which is the hallmark of a standout Monster of the Week X-Files episode from me. Mm. Um, I like that. We didn't talk about kind of the, that fun hose right. mirror kind of aspect of it, but that's definitely 100%. 100%. Um, good stuff. Do you want to bang any more on, or are we good for this week? One more, because... Uh, because. Uh, Aubrey <laughs> Ellis. <laughs> Oh, Humbug is X-Files at its finest. A Darren Morgan script that walks a line between complete farce and serious X-File. Jill Anderson's comedic timing is showcased so well in this episode. Mulder and Scully have no clue what is going on for most of the episode, which makes a fun parallel between the <clears throat> what the audience knows and what our investigative duo knows. Ultimately, the yes. theme of what it means to be normal is addressed subtly, leaving viewers with more than just questions about who the killer actually was. Uh, this one caught my eye because I think last time we read one from her, she has another... Uh, not of our country. Absolutely gutted. I'm going to be on a plane when you guys are talking about this episode. Can't wait to listen when the podcast drops. Badass baby. Awesome. Great comments as usual, as usual. Um, and, uh, I see the, I see the chat question posed by Ben. I like that. Yeah. Why why don't you, why don't you take a swing at that? Tell me what he's asking us here. So, um, BP 9,000, the chat asking for you and I to, uh, Answer or, or talk about Darren Morgan's impact on the X-Files in only six episodes. Um, you know, we talked about him a little bit at the beginning, but I almost think you can't say enough. I mean, if you take, 
if you take those, not just those six episodes out, but if you never had any of those other episodes, which we think of as ones that, you know, play with humor and are a little bit more playful, you know, they just hadn't really done that before this. And this is such a great episode and it was such a, it was a hit, you know, it was reviewed incredibly well, um, made a lot of top lists. And I think that gathered more momentum to, you know, let the show lean in that direction at times. I mean, we're most of the way through season two, but the show is still definitely like stretching its legs and, you know, feeling for its boundaries. Um, hasn't, I would argue, hasn't even hit in full, full stride yet. Uh, and if you don't have Darren Morgan as that influence, maybe they would have tried it at some point, but, but who would do it like that? The, Mm-hmm. Six episodes, every episode, if I go back and listen to, I'm pretty sure we've said I love about. Yep. Um, I would guarantee you can't say that about any other director of the X-Files who has multiple episodes. And for something that might not be the first thing you that comes to mind when you talk about the X-Files, which is humor, ability to kind of not take itself so seriously, um, it is an intrinsic critical component of the show. And I think a huge part of what makes it eminently rewatchable and, and as a, as an entity as a whole, the X-Files, what it is really fills out a lot more in your mind um, because of the, the grounds that things like this allow it to, to do, to play with, to play with different sure. kind of feels and perspectives and takes and genres. And um, yeah, man, I'm rambling, but I don't think you can say enough awesome. about them. Yeah, I, I would say, hmm, uh, the question again, Darren Morgan's impact on the X-Files in only six episodes. You know, this guy just moves the goalposts. He's playing, it, it's like he's playing a different game. You have this entire, you have the X-Files that exists as sort of a subgenre of science fiction, and it is a certain way. And for a, for a guy like Darren Morgan to come in and really push creative boundaries, I think is a kick in the ass for anybody else that wants to write within the intellectual property that is X-Files. Um, it, it, it's really, you know, I, I don't know this, but I, I, I would speculate that Darren Morgan is one of these guys who loves classic black and white monster films, the Wolfman or the creature from the black lagoon. And it's like, he's taken that, and he's blended it into something that's modern. It doesn't feel old fashioned, but it feels like a nod of respect to this great genre that's been established before he came around. And then this guy, he can take like this comedic approach. It's hard to take something. It's hard to be sort of disgusting and funny and then make it work and not, and not just make it work, but make it very, very good. Right, yeah. It's I I I I like to say objectively that he's very good. I know that that doesn't really exist in nature, but it's not like I'm going. I mean, I love Bela Lugosi's Dracula. I love uh, the the classic Frankenstein. I love like yes, and of their time, and maybe they don't age quite as well. But it's like this guy, it has somehow transferred that into a modern sense. And he's been able to put this comedic and very quirky spin on it. And he has such a distinct style. X-Files is weird. (laughs) And then he's like, no, no, 
the goalposts are over here now. And you go, <laughs> fuck. It's, it's also, so you're weird within the weird, but then it's also very good. And that's really impressive to me. And if you wrote 26 episodes, would he have had more duds? Yeah, maybe. But I feel like Carter just said, listen, Darren, do your fucking thing, man. And he did. Yep. And it's like a home run every time. You know, it's just, there's something, he has such a distinct style. He has such a distinct vision for the way he wants to create an episode. And it's, and, and it's just, it really speaks to me personally. And you too, obviously, by the sound of it. And, um, and like you said, he can, he can poke at the genre and make it work, but then also go, but that was also like really good, truthfully. Like you could take all of his episodes and make them pulp comics and be like, this is great. Right. You know, like that old pulpy style science fiction comic. He could do that, man. It's just fucking great. Yep. He's awesome. Yeah. That's a great way to put it because you couldn't, if you did that without the comedy in a show like the X-Files, it would just come off cheesy. If you just tried to make it pulp, but tried to make it scary and modern, that doesn't, that combo doesn't yes. really work. Yes. So you have to tell balance you. that with humor. And let me tell you something, dude. In, in, uh, you may remember this a, a little less, but I think you're pretty versed. But listen, in the mid-90s, this kind of genre was very serious. So serious. Right? We were very serious back in the day. Yep. And, um, you know, because it was. It was like, you know, like, like was it Monica said, the idea of sort of changing the, uh, the, the appearance of perhaps the, the fringe-based subculture that is these folk and that is a serious take, and that's true. She's not wrong. She's 100% right. But it's also like, it, her, what she's saying there is, is very much almost like the entire, a lot of it was a lot of this mid-90s stuff. It was like, yeah, they tried certain goofy things that didn't work, but they also, there was very little irony. There's not much irony in the movie Blade, right? <laughs> it's goofy un, un, unintentionally, but it's still kind of awesome because it's Wesley Science as a vampire hunter. But- this guy was able to be like, no, no, we're going to like take jabs at it. Everyone's going to relax and it's going to be fun. And it's just, I don't know, man, there's something really impressive about that. And I just, I can't say enough good things about it. And it also helps that I'm high in this episode. So yeah. I am, I am mouth to pubis. So deep. <laughs> yeah. Deep. I'm, I'm all the Hand, way in. Hands on hips. <laughs> hands on butt cheeks. Oh. But uh, <laughs> driving it in. But um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's awesome. I love it. It's great. Good shit, man. Well, uh, goes without saying, we both love it, right? Yeah, that's a kind of a no-brainer. Kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> what do we have um, next time? Uh, coming up next, is it Count You Sorry? And here I got off my page. I did too. That's, uh, why, that's, uh, why, I, that's why I passed I was doing the some deep exploring. I was trying to find to um, I was trying to find some other, uh, yeah, the Calusari is next. Calusari. Calusari. Cool. What's the uh, what's the synopsis on that bad, Larry? Um, we yeah, got right in front of you. Uh, we got some weird. It's like a Eastern European Romanian um, thing of jiggy going on with photographs. If I remember correctly, oh, tragic like accident. Little so little Roma there. stuff. Little uh, oh yeah, the balloons. They all float down here. Ooh, ooh. Yep, awesome. I don't remember this that much at all, to be honest with you. But hard to you follow. say you're, you. You say Eastern European, I say you have my attention. All right. I like it. Awesome. Well, uh, as usual, the chat has been 
glorious and uh, we appreciate your participation. And um, I think we are going to get out of here. So uh, in classic X-Files tradition, I'm going to let my uh, my lovely counterpart say goodbye to us all. Got a big laugh. <laughs>